On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, swap the thermals for holiday warmth. We bask in the urban pleasures of embracing Brisbane. Taking in the history, culture and best neighbourhoods of the city. Plus we jaunt across the bay to Morton Island. Bring it on Brisbane. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard Kiwi Tripsters as we're back across the ditch visiting Queensland. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. Andrew just loves Queensland. I he do. can't get enough of it. So good to be uh, so good to be with you, Andrew. <laughs> Winter's bite is in full force across New Zealand. Queensland looms large, Michael. Yes, indeed. It's most tempting at this time of the year. And the river city of Brisbane, I reckon, gets better and better every time you go there. It does. Um, it's got such a great setting with that river because it sort of snakes around the inner city like a big serpentine artery and it sets the <laughs> stage for the city's photogenic appeal, interconnecting so many distinctive pockets of urban goodness. And of course, just 10 years out from hosting the Olympics, I think it's fair to say Brisbane's eyes look very firmly future-focused. Yeah, it seems that the city seems it's in a constant state of self-improvement. It's like it swallowed a Anthony Robbins' book or something. <laughs> the monumental Queen's Wharf construction project is well on the way. It sure is. This is a mega project. It's going to endow the city with another world-leading entertainment precinct, and you can see a lot of it taking shape as you wander around. So essentially what it's going to do is blend the subtropical climate of Brisbane uh, with some new iconic designs for the city, very much celebrating Indigenous and European heritage. About time, yes. And uh, as part of the makeover, the spectacularly ornate Treasury Casino building is actually going to be transformed into a very high-end shopping emporium. I reckon this could emerge as the Harrods of Brisbane. Yeah, mm, okay. Now, the, <laughs> the Queen's Wharf, this is what? A $3.6 billion development. This is huge. And it's going to change the face of the skyline completely. It's still on track for completion next year? Yeah, it seems to be. The tallest towers uh, have already taken shape. There's going to be four new luxury hotels. Ooh. Uh, the new city uh, trademark icon is going to be this glittery uh, new building called the Star Casino. Now, whatever you think about casinos, you don't really have to be into the whole pokey-pokey gambling thing. Yeah. Uh, the building itself... Pokey-pokey can be dangerous. <laughs> very, very dangerous. Uh, this building is uh, going to be uh, called the Ark, and it seems to have been mm. inspired by Singapore's Marina Bay Sands. Not Noah and Two Animals. No, this is true. Yeah. Uh, no floods uh, are scheduled, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, I think Australia's had enough of those. But this yeah. building is going to have an amazing sky deck uh, from a height of about 100 metres. So you'll get the most incredible views over the CBD. Obviously, it's going to be chocolate with restaurants and bars and all sorts of enticements. Now, if you're into a bit of history, and I've got to say, travel tip is walking tours in a city are the best way to get around. Anywhere you go, you go to Japan, you go to Germany, whatever – 
get a walking tour with a guide who knows what they're doing. They know they know the little quirky bits yep. that you're not going to find on the interweb. All right. So the public art walking tour in Brisbane is also a must. Correct. Absolutely. I thought it was such a great way to get a flavour of the city's soul, and I hooked up with a guide called Brian from the Museum of Brisbane. They run these tours, uh, whether you want to do it like as a small group tour or as a personal guided tour. He was like a walking Wikipedia on Brisbane. So for about 90 minutes, we sort of rambled around the city centre. He just imparted so many stories and little nuggets of of interest and it just brought to life the city you know whether you're looking at a landmark or something that you would actually just skip by if you were doing it uh, on your own two feet. And that's the beauty of these walking tours. Now, these ones depart from City Hall, right? That's right, yes. So the Museum of Brisbane is based in City Hall, Ah. and um, City Hall itself is just extraordinary because we went outside and Brian pointed out um, just how incredible the pediment freezes on the front of City Hall. The, hold on, the pediment freeze? What's yes, that? Yes, you know, the, the sort of the sculptured facade. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah yes. of course. Sort of a triangular-shaped mm, mm, facade, mm. yeah. So it's filled with all of these curious sculptures, um, which you normally wouldn't see uh, as artworks on the front of a building. Obviously, because it's City Hall, you'll get an obligatory kangaroo, of right? Of course, boing boing. But the, the, the sculptures, Skippy. yes, hello, Skippy. The sculptures were done by this uh, magnificent artist called Daphne Mayo and included in the freeze naked convicts. Of course. Um, Aboriginal people. Yeah. Um, and it's just quite unique. Uh, the view from the building's clock tower at City Hall is a stunner because you access it by one of the oldest rickety lifts in Australia and it's free to do. I wonder if they've made it free because they don't know if it's actually going to make it up to the top. <laughs> it's the way down that worries me. Yeah. Um, famous last words. Now, other standouts in the city. Um, there's some great historical just vibes. That's true. Yeah, uh, we, the vibe of the Constitution. Oh, go the vibe. Yes. yes, it's Marbo, it's the vibe. It is. We took in a wealth of priced sites, including Queensland's oldest Catholic church, St Stephen's Chapel, which is this gorgeous vestige of pioneering spirit. It was built in 1850, right? That's right. So yeah. she is old. Ooh. Uh, and then next door, the successor to uh, the chapel, St Stephen's Cathedral, built out of Queensland tough. Now I wasn't Queensland sure. Tough. Yes, I wasn't sure what Queensland tough was, but Brian said it's like a rock that's formed from volcanic ash. Yeah. Um, and then it's got these massive soaring sandstone towers uh, to sort of crown the whole artwork glory of the cathedral. Okay, so what was your favourite stop then? Definitely MacArthur Chambers Ooh. on Edward Street. Before World War Two, this was the AMP building. What, you mean the? MacArthur, as in General MacArthur. Absolutely. Ah. So this is where General MacArthur headquartered uh, his operations for the US or Allied-led uh, campaign in the Pacific during World War II from MacArthur Chambers in Brisbane. Uh, and there's a great little museum within the building on Edward Street, uh, very much dedicated to uh, everything that went on there. It's sort of a bit like an Australian version of Winston Churchill's War Rooms in London. Good grief. Yeah. And if you want to debate the US's uh, role in World War II, that's another story, isn't it? Uh, just ahead, we blaze some more trails. Plus, we dip into Brizzy's dining scene back in a mo.
you're back with Kiwi Trips. This is Mike and Andrew as we roam Brisbane. We roam free. Now, Michael, let's uh, cross the river and head to South Bank, which spills forth with arty offerings, <laughs> as yeah. they say. The South Bank Cultural Precinct is absolutely a truce trope, Andrew. Yeah. So you could just spend days grazing from all of the cultural offerings there. They've got the Queensland Art Gallery and the Gallery of Modern Art. Those two buildings alone house more than 17,000 artworks Wow! from around Australia and the world. Oh. Um, so, yeah, these like permanent installations, rotating, visiting exhibitions and so forth. And then when you've done your dash with those two galleries of gorgeousness, uh, there's the Performing <laughs> Arts Centre, there's the Queensland Museum, there's the Maritime Museum. So, yeah, the cultural heft is pretty impressive. Now, after you've done with those, and if you're not really into history and culture because you really just want to break away from the madness of the world, yes. there's some lovely recreational elements. Certainly Enticements, is. Enticements, one could say. Absolutely, because mm. the really cool thing about South Bank, as the name would suggest, is you are walking along the southern banks of the Brisbane River. How That is incredible, isn't it? It is, yep. And, and genius, Bank. really. Mm. So you've got 17 hectares of lush parklands all along that uh, river front with lots of eye catches, uh, really cool street art, like the iconic Brisbane sign, which has become a really popular photo stop for visitors, including myself, like a totally blatant tourist. <laughs> um, I actually first visited Brisbane as In a teenager. 1988, wasn't it? Yes. That was the expo. We were, I yes. remember that, and we were all in New Zealand going, oh, the World Expo is... Only across the ditch in Brisbane. From memory, I was in the sixth form at St. Bede, so you would have been in the third form. Uh, would that be right? Or fourth form? Fourth form. And my teacher, um, Thomas Sidebottom. Tom Sidebottom. Yes. He said, now, Yardley, yeah. you're off to Brisbane tomorrow. Because I'd actually been quite a recalcitrant teenager in the days leading up to going to Brisbane. Yes, and my parents yes. had actually been threatening to cancel the trip. <laughs> and somehow Thomas Sidebottom found out about this. Oh, yes. So it, I, I, I don't know why I mentioned that, but I just thought I'd... He was hilarious, wasn't now, he? He was a cool guy. Yeah. But anyway, that was my first time I went to Brisbane, and I loved Expo, and I also think it was probably when the city took its first meaningful strides in wanting to stamp its mark as a world city. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you are a bit of a nostalgia tragic like me, mm -hmm. maybe you did not have a teacher called Thomas Sidebottom. Tom but Sidebottom. It, but if you do want to take a bit of a walk down memory lane, there are actually some really cool vestiges left over from Expo 88. Really? Still? Yeah. yeah. They've Ooh. got one strung along... Um, uh, this uh, part of South Bank called the Nepalese P Pagoda. And this was from Expo. And apparently it took 160 Nepalese families two years to complete this hand-carved timber delight. Perhaps when Expo finished, they thought, oh, we can't really chuck it away. Oh, you can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you couldn't. So they left it there. It's beautiful. Oh, yes. I'm pleased they did. <laughs> now, another South Bank stopover is Streets Beach, yes. not to be confused with Beach Street. Um, and I love the names in Australia. They're just so obvious. Australia's only inner city man-made beach. Now, yes. I just got to say, Australia is known for its beaches, right? Yes. Why did they have to do a man-made beach? Uh, because Brisbane's not on the coast. Well, I know, but still. That being said, it is actually quite close to the coast. <laughs> exactly. I think they wanted to just tart up South Bank. Okay. With all sorts of enticements, mm -hmm. Andrew. Mm -hmm. 
mm. um, and elements, as you said before. Yes. So you've got it Streets Beach. And by the way, Streets is sort of like the Aussie version of Tip Top. Yeah. So this is like Tip Top Beach, yeah. Australian style. Uh, yeah, you've got this beautiful sparkling lagoon surrounded by white sandy beaches and subtropical plants. You've got lifeguards on duty if you perhaps can't be trusted in the water. Then there's boat pool. I can't be, I can't be trusted anywhere. <laughs> uh, the wheel, the big observation wheel. Um, every good city's got a big wheel. Really, no, they haven't do. they now? They do. Lovely picnic spots. And my perennial favourite down by Streets Beach on South Bank, the Arbour. The Arbour. The Arbour. Mate. So this is a one kilometre long walkway comprising 443 cooling galvanised steel posts that are each clad with a blaze of magenta bougainvillea. What more could you want on your holiday, Andrew? <laughs> to be able to say that 10 times <laughs> fast would be an achievement. Um, now, there's one thing about Australia that they do particularly well, and this is fireworks displays. We've mentioned in past podcasts the Sydney glory, but Brisbane also do a fantastic fireworks display on the Brisbane River. They sure do. And on the opening weekend of the month-long Brisbane Festival, this is when they get their crackers out and go completely bananas. Oh, yeah. Uh, River Fire. Ho, ho, ho. Bring it on. That's the name of the event. River Fire. Uh, So this is like, you know, your monstrous orgy of pyrotechnics. Mm. And, And this year... It's set down for Saturday, September 3, to kick off Brisbane Festival. September 3, a most auspicious day, if I can say so. Yes, it's your birthday. Thank you. Your presents in the mail. I recall that you wanted a Batman car in a podcast (laughs) we did a while ago. Could I order up a river fire display in my front lawn? Well, it's either that or the Batmobile, Michael. You can't have both. (laughs) Now, if you're frequenting South Bank, you should also check out the River Public Arts Trail. Yes, this is two and a half kilometres long, a nice wee meander from South Bank to a place called Kangaroo Point. Kangaroo Point. Yes. Few suburbs can match Kangaroo Point, Andrew, mm. for its skyline views and natural beauty. Indeed. Because you're basically standing atop these very ancient cliffs, and the views of the river from that particular point, I reckon, are the best in Brisbane. Yeah. And as I was taking in the view, sort of lost in the glory of the moment of it all, mm. two absailers zipped directly below, uh, down the cliffs, right past me, um, which took me by surprise. I actually thought maybe they were jumpers, but they were actually abseiling, which was reassuring. A very mm-hmm. hot spot for abseiling if you're into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Can't say I was. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What's mm. that look for? What look? Uh, well, yeah, I'm just picturing, um, did you actually... Give it a go. Did you do the abseiling? No, I did not. <laughs> well, oh, there you go. But, oh, but yeah. before you think I'm just the world's biggest wuss, I did climb the city's biggest bridge, Oh, which we will chat about soon. Okay, if you're catching a performance at night along the South Bank, pair it with some trend-happy dining in. And i got to say, Fish Lane. Fish Lane. Where are you going for dinner, love? Fish Lane. It doesn't really <laughs> scream... <laughs> Mmm, it's fish lane. Yeah. Well, she might like seafood. Yes. So you might like seafood. Fish lane. Yes. I've entered the Southside Restaurant in Fish Lane. Mm. Really cool place. It's yeah. strung across three levels. Yeah. And it's bedecked with ferns. So you feel like you're in like this little industrial temple swaddled by jungle. Yeah. Which is probably apt because Southside is all about pan-Asian cuisine. Yeah. So you can whistle up your fast-paced dumpling and noodle dishes. Um, The dim sum menu is particularly good. Mm. Chicken wontons. 
I had some. They were drenched in black vinegar and chili oil. Ooh. That kept me going all night. It was. Um, if you are into some 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 uh, bounty from Neptune's Great Big Blue, mm. a must try is Chakwe Dao, which is stu- <laughs> which is stuffed full of Morton Bay bugs. You know those big critters. Yeah. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. How do they go? That's right. Further dipping into the city's treasury of good eats, tell us about the Bank Brasserie and Wine Bar. This has opened ooh, about nine months now. Oh, so quite okay. new, and it is certainly uh, a head turner in Brisbane. People are loving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fabulous heritage property because it's the uh, old Bank of New South Wales building, about 170 years old. Oh, Bank Street. of New South Wales. It yes. became West Bank, of it course. Did indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they've brought a sort of a classic French feel to the River City with an Aussie twist, but it's the... A French feel with an Aussie twist. Yes. The mind boggles. Oh, it does. But it's a beautiful, beautiful setting because you've got these like marble floors, big towering ceiling. You can virtually imagine bank tellers in the in the, in the restaurant while right. you're eating because it's still got that sort of atmos of an old school bank. Um, anyway. Yes. I ended up chomping down on Tasmanian Wallaby, which came with right. a smoked beetroot tart. <laughs> well, I hope the sm- smoked beetroot tart didn't mind. And, um, yeah. Toasted-, <laughs> Toasted grains. Native juniper <laughs> and ri- and ribery jew. Now, ribery is also known as lily pilly. It's lily pilly, isn't it? It is. Lily- Why is it called lily pilly? <laughs> well, I thought. <laughs> I thought the look. I was confused by the menu. I thought the smoked beetroot. <laughs> I thought the smoked beetroot tart was called lily pilly. Oh, but she wasn't, was she? No, she wasn't. No. <laughs> I think I might have overdosed on the Jew. <laughs> All right. Sticking with gluttony, let's head to Eagle Street Pier, a buzz with premium dining options. And what are your standouts, Michael? Well, actually, perhaps I went here before I went to the bank. I went to the city winery. Oh, well. And <laughs> how unsurprising for you. <laughs> this is a local's favourite down at Eagle Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a cellar door and a restaurant and a wine experience all rolled together on the water's edge. It's fabulous. <laughs> I bet it was rolled together too. <laughs> it's true. Now, even better than that, did you know I've got quite a partiality for anything Greek? Yeah, oh, wow. No, surprise me. I adore this really swish Greek mise bar called Opa, which opened on the waterfront down at Eagle Street. Opened last year. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. Mm Ah, incredible. Um, The pier, by the way, is also home base for the Kookaburra showboat cruises. These are sort of like the old steamboat sort of Mississippi type. Yeah, experience yeah, on the course. river, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very Australian, indeed, yeah. So the French Australian twist Mississippi kind yeah. of fusion yeah. we've got going on, it's quite a good blend. Yeah. So <laughs> from Eagle Street, you can also cross the river on a city cat ferry. Okay, and you can then, of course, make a date with a very lofty ramble. I highly recommend on the Story Bridge. That's lovely. So we'll do that next. Find out if Michael made a date with a lofty ramble or a beetroot tart, and we'll head to Fortitude Valley and James Street. Stay with us. I'm not sure if we can. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. 
Discover the soul of Brisbane, Queensland's cosmopolitan capital for arts, culture and destination dining. With stunning natural assets, a laid-back charm and a subtropical alfresco lifestyle, Brisbane fast lays on the seduction factor. For timely tips and trip inspiration, start your exploration on the Sunshine State's official visitor website, queensland.com. This is Kiwi Tripsters here with Mike and Andrew as we go big in Brisbane or big on Brisbane. Take your pick. Depends which way you look at it. What would you recommend climbing the Story Bridge, Michael? Really? Oh, definitely, Andrew. Uh Mounting this superstructure was probably the highlight of my latest visit to Brisbane. Mm -hmm. I would recommend doing it at twilight uh, because as that sun slumps and gilds the city, in the sky, it throws up all sorts of very bewitching hues across the CBD and you get that gilded twinkle on the skyscrapers. We lucked out big time on my walk because there was also a massive rainbow rather theatrically arcing over the city. So it was all go uh, on top of the Story Bridge. And once again, you'll glean all sorts of heritage anecdotes about the bridge and how important it is to the city from the, the guides who will take you uh, around the bridge. Um very much like Sydney, this is a glorious piece of engineering, this Harbour Bridge, and central to the city's architectural personality. Absolutely. Um, so what about, you know, if you're afraid of heights, just asking for a friend that I know. Oh, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it's not as scary not, as... Not me, by the way. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> you are not a bridge virgin. No, I'm not a bridge virgin. No. Um, it is not as scary as people think, and I actually think it is... A very similar experience to what Andrew and I had on the Sydney Harbour Bridge, where you're not actually climbing in a very steep fashion. Yeah. yeah. Like, even though you are going up to the summit of the bridge, yeah. you don't feel like you are hauling your way up a mountain because it's a very gradual gradient, isn't and, it? And of course, you're going to be tethered as well. You are tethered. Yep. You've got one of those carabiners attached to the railings. You've got railings to hold. Uh, you've got a guide who will make sure you don't do anything lunatic. Um, the panoramic views, though, that's really what it's all about uh, as you make your way across the long limbs of the bridge. Absolutely. Um, and uh, connecting Fortitude Valley uh, to Kangaroo Point, which is where the bridge departs from, Kangaroo Point, this is the longest cantilever bridge in Australia. The longest cantilever bridge? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because Sydney's the longest span bridge right. in the world. It is. It and is. And this is the longest cantilever bridge in Australia. They were both designed by the same clever chap. Were they? Mr. Bradfield. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> John Bradfield. Oh. Yeah. In fact, yeah. there is a Bradfield Highway both in Brisbane and Sydney. Well, there you go. Yes. Take that one to the pool room. Yeah, well. Okay. Uh, across on the Fortitude Valley side of the bridge, yes. what's worth checking out? Well, at the base of the bridge, Howard Smith Wharves is one of these on-trend, characterful little precincts that the locals love. Mm, so mm. follow the locals. It's always my advice. Follow always, the locals. Always follow the locals. Yeah. If, if it, as we said before, if you, go, if you see a restaurant that's empty, yes. don't go there. No. So... Howard Smith Wharves, steeped in history. They were originally built about 90 years ago. They have played a role as being like air raid shelters in times gone by. As one does. As you do. So today you've got Fallon's Brewing Company as one of the flagships there and all sorts of other 
uh, openings, they just keep sprouting around Howard Smith's wharves. So yeah, a really atmospheric place just to kick back, um, have a few beersies. Boskies. And, <laughs> yes. And if you are going to Fallon's Brewing Company, definitely try one of their very tasty, believe it or not, mm. potato pizzas. Potato pizzas. Yeah. I've had a potato pizza before. They are very nice. Yeah. Okay, Fallon's Barrel Hall is the sister venue located right next door, right? That's correct. So okay. th- this is like a German beer hall. Ah. You've got picnic-style ah. tables and ping-pong tables, although I didn't think ping-pong was particularly German. Neither, neither did I. No. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Um, by the way, another... In the know, nocturnal haunt that the locals swoon over is this overwater bar called Mr. Percival's at Howard Smith Wharves. Oh. So this is your cocktail crowd. This is your oh, pretty people. Mm, the lovelies. Yep. Uh, the late nighters. You've got a DJ perched above their 360-degree bar, cranking it up. Oh, so, lovely. Yeah, really cool spot. Okay, so what's hot in the heart of Fortitude Valley? Well, with every twist and turn in this valley, um, you've got something new. Lots of trendy cafes, lots of live music venues. That's probably what the Fortitude Valley area is known for the most. Okay, and there's um, lots of laneways in the valley as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, all sorts of cute boutiques and bars and diners. Um, try Wind Lane if you're into new threads. Mm. If you're into your bustling eateries, this is where I headed, Bakery Lane, of course. Of course, yes, yes. If you want to party like it's 1999, Andrew, oh, yes. uh, go to Sound Garden for live music. And if you want another beer garden experience in the valley, another really cool place is called X Cargo. Lovely. Yep. And it's James Street where the Hospice Scenes Glamour Bar is sort of raised even higher. This is where the pretty people come to preen and play. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It is like a glitterati magnet, yeah. James Street. Um, if you're into your sushi, a place you will not want to miss on James Street is called Sushi Room. Now, what? it's not a... <laughs> another, another originally named place. <laughs> they like to keep it straightforward and they, self-explanatory. They do, they do. Yes. Um, however... Even though it's quite a simple name, we are talking seriously premium sushi here yeah. with a price to match. Um, but it's very theatrical, the whole dining experience. So you can order up all sorts of goodies like fatty Japanese tuna, Tasmanian sea urchin, and prawns from New Caledonia, as you do. As you do. Yes. If you want to live like a local in the lap of James Street Luxury, now your recommendation is to spend a night at Mrs. Midgley's. Miss. Miss. She course. didn't tell me she was married. Okay. <laughs> Spend a night at, at Miss, Midgley. Miss Midgley's. Yes. And <laughs> this is actually one of Brisbane's oldest heritage homes. Oh. Yes. So I didn't actually spend a night with some solo right. woman. No tart here then. <laughs> <laughs> this home is named after Annie Midgley, right? Yeah. And she opened a private school in the building about 90 years ago. Mm. It's now been transformed into, into these very chic lodgings that you can s- stay at. Once again, constructed out of Brisbane's tough stone. So it sings with character, all of these exposed walls through the property. It is super swish and, yeah, a really nice place to stay right in the heart of the James Street action. All right. Keep your eyes open for Miss Midgley. And stay with us. We venture beyond the city limits next and hop to Morton Island. (music) 
This is Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, as we bask in the brilliance of Brisbane. And if you need a break from the urban beats, take a quick escape to Moreton Bay for some island time. Yes, mm. just a 60-minute ferry ride, uh, and that will whisk you across the bay to Moreton Island. Tangaluma Resort is the main tractor beam for tourists to Moreton Island. It's a very unpretentious bolt hole but man alive, the setting is extraordinary. Soft white sand beaches, you are lassoed by vivid blue waters, teeming with marine life. It's an incredible escape. I'm kind of amused by this claim because Morton Island happens to be the third largest sand island in the world. Yeah. It's not the biggest, it's not the smallest, True. but it's the third largest. <laughs> okay, all right, we can go with that. The other, the other two are also Queensland Islands, so oh. next to it is Stradbroke, which is the second largest, yes. and then just slightly up the coast, Fraser Island is the largest sand island in the world. I mean, Morton Island's great, but I'm not sure the third largest sand island in the world's going to be the biggest draw card. I would be proud of that if I was Morton Island. Oh, well, you would be then. <laughs> it's still a very big sand castle. It is. <laughs> and the thing which I found rather curious is I, you, I wouldn't have thought forest would grow with a sandy base, if you know what I mean. Some can, some can't, depending. Yeah. yeah. So you'll be perhaps surprised like me how verdant this little island is. Oh, I'm always surprised by verdancy. <laughs> and it's got a wealth of colourful flora, very steep sloped forests. They've got this vast interior desert in the heart of the island and the highest, oh here we go, this is bragging rights, yeah. the highest coastal sand dune in the world, in the whole world. Right. The whole white world. <laughs> We've got the highest, Andrew. <laughs> I'll print the certificate right now. Mount Tempest, isn't it? Yes, 285 metres high. Yeah. In the yeah. world. I knew that. There's all manner of historic nuggets to admire on Morton Island. You'll, all right. You'll definitely want to head to uh, the candy-striped Cape Morton Lighthouse. I do love a good lighthouse. I love lighthouses. I could actually just travel the world photographing lighthouses. Yeah, unfortunately, most of them now are automated. I know. But I always sort of... Fancy spending a few months on a lighthouse. I could imagine you in a lighthouse. Yeah. Andrew the Keeper. Just growing yourself a big bulbous beard and have <laughs> seagulls as friends. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Uh, now, this lighthouse was built by convicts in 1857, but they obviously did a pretty good job because it's still yeah. standing. <laughs> well, there um, you go. <laughs> during the two world wars, Morton Island was developed as a major line of defence against an attack on Brisbane. Oh. So there are quite a few... Uh, vestiges from that time uh, on the island. And then post-war, yeah. uh, Tangaluma, where the resort is now, was actually first developed as a whaling station, and it finally closed in 1962. But, man, there is this brutal harpoon on display as a memorial to the grisly whaling days. And when you just look at this harpoon and think, that was fired into a mammal? It's yeah, just horrific. It is brutal. And whether it was guilt or not, yeah. this island did a spectacular about face. And rather than exploiting these giant, wonderful mammals, mm. uh, and they've become one of Australia's great homes to sustainable whale watching. Absolutely. This yeah. time of year is perfect. It's migration season. So between about now and October... It's estimated 36,000 humpback whales cruise through Queensland's coast uh, from Antarctica and then back home again to Antarctica around October. Wow. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. 36,000 of them. So 
there are so many, and that's just humpbacks, but there are so many whales in these waters. Yeah. Um, and I love going into Moreton Bay because there's just so much um, to eat, <laughs> as you do when you're a hungry whale. But the, the resort actually guarantees you will see a whale on their cruise. The juveniles will frequently breach alongside the boat in Moreton Bay. So, yeah, that's that's a must-do if you're heading over there in the next few months. Absolutely. And at the northern end of the beach, just past the resort, there's a massive ship graveyard. Yeah. Tangaluma Rex. That's right. It's just offshore, 15 ships. They were sunk between the 60s and the 80s uh, to create a protected channel for boats to moor, you know, to give them safe anchorage, yeah, yeah, yeah. as you do. As one does. When you're a recreational boaty. But the real spin-off has been... Uh, for the fish. And of you've, course. you've got magnificent coral formations now blooming around those wrecks. So you've essentially got a giant aquarium to admire tropical fish, trevally kingfish, nudie branch. Yes, that is the name of a fish. Uh, <laughs> yellow tails, stingrays, sea turtles. God, I love those. Yeah. And best of all, this could be the name of the day Wobby Gongs. Wobby gongs, they're, mate. They're a shark. Yeah. Wobby gongs. Wobby gongs. So they reckon there's about 200 species of fish that you can see now around the Tangaluma wrecks. Uh, so take a snorkel, or if you're into your diving, yep, you can do that too, obviously, in this incredible underwater world. Absolutely. Sticking with the wildlife, there's a huge array of activities, including pelican feeding. I love pelicans. And uh, best of all, wild dolphin feeding. Yes, indeed. Um, this all really began at the resort when they decided to install some lights on their jetty in 1960. Yeah. And the lights on the jetty attracted the bottlenose dolphins right close to the sand of the beach because they'd be cruising around the Moreton Bay waters and the light, uh, um, and they'd be hunting bait fish. Yeah. And it was the bait fish that were attracted to the lights, so the dolphins followed them. Of course. So this gave birth to the enduring wild dolphin feeding program, which continues every night at Tangaluma at sunset. You can just book a spot. Um, it's just a small group they are allowed to, um, to be done each day, but you can grab a spot. You wade into the waters, not very far, um, sort of knee deep into Moreton Bay, and the team of marine biologists will show you how to feed dolphins. So you actually go in there and you, mm-hmm. you're holding a whole bunch of fish. Yep. Yeah. And um, the the big lesson I was given was that we were we were holding hearing, yeah. And they said to us, "Hold your hearing like an ice cream cone." That was sort of the angle that the dolphin would come along and chomp on. So you'd hold it like it was an ice, like upright ramrod. You could see how that saying would become into the popular vernacular, like always blow on the pie. Hold your hearing like an ice cream cone. <laughs> My one had a rather floppy head. Oh. Yes. It's not good. Now, alongside dolphin feeding, another signature Tangaluma experience is sand tobogganing. Yeah. Hurtling yourself down the side of some mighty sand dunes, and you did this. Ah. <laughs> As a virgin to sand tobogganing, I, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I would make of it, but man, it was exhilarating. So you are actually hurtling your way down the sand hill at about 40 kilometres an hour. Uh-huh. With a rather flimsy wooden board to hold on to for dear life. Okay, forty kilometres an hour. What? You can almost run that fast. I mean, it's not exactly, <laughs> it's not exactly oh. breakneck speed, Michael. Really, you know. I, I know it doesn't sound fast, yeah. but trust me, when you are ripping down a very steep sand dune, head first. <laughs> 
on your tummy with this flimsy piece of plywood. Yeah. Um, it is fast. Okay, no, no. But it was actually so addictively good. I ripped down the sand dune three times. Um, but you do have to then, of course, each time you go downhill and want to go and do it again, you've got to make your way up this 30-metre high sand dune. So they haven't put a chairlift in yet. No, not yet. Or an, es- <laughs> or an escalator. <laughs> I thought an escalator would appeal to the Americans. <laughs> But my calves, man, they paid the price for several days. I was sort of walking like a penguin. Right. Yeah. The safari <laughs> the safari tour on Tangaluma Island is um, a really good way to get an overview of the island, and it takes you to uh, the sand tobogganing site. How lovely. Yeah. If a day trip to Morton Island isn't long enough for you, you can book an overnight stay at the Tangaluma Island Resort. Yes. Mm. And what's really good about it is that even though I think a lot of people go there and think, oh, it looks a wee bit dated, it's not overpriced. You know, it's very affordable and accessible. I don't know why people, people think oh, it's a bit dated. You don't need I know. the latest of everything I to know. go and stay in a hotel when oh. you're away somewhere. Oh, it's not on trend, Andrew. Oh, well, goodness Oh, those sake. colours are so last year. I'll suck it up. <laughs> Come on. But there aren't many places, I have to say, yeah. on Australia's east coast where you can actually watch the sun set over the water Yeah, because you're on the east coast. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But because this little island is in Morton Bay, totally surrounded by water, you get the most incredible sunrises and sunsets. Um, and after dark, with the sea turning midnight ink, the sky, ah, oh, yeah. so much twinkle. I thought I was looking at the web telescope as I looked up. Did you now? Yes. Did you now, like Michael? That universe, Andrew, I have to say, it just seems to go on and on. I know how it feels. Hmm. All right, coming up, we check in once again with Carly Baston from My Queensland. Stay with us. Have you been looking to book a warm Queensland holiday this winter? My Queensland's hand-picked holidays are on sale now, where holiday packages include stays at some of the best resorts with exclusive bonus extras. Bookings before July 31 receive a bonus $200 Experience Oz voucher to spend on a choice of over 800 Queensland experiences. But hurry, offer only available for the first 250 bookings. Visit myqueensland.co.nz to find your kind of Queensland holiday. Terms and conditions apply. You are back with Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, and joining us from my Queensland, Carly Baston. Hi, Carly. Hi, how are you going? This is becoming a bit of a habit. We are, we are. It's good to see you. So what's so special about my Queensland's holiday packages, Carly? Well, I think we just make things easy for people. So we take all the hassle out of your planning. It's um, a great way to holiday in Australia from New Zealand and and experience beautiful Queensland. So we look after your flights, accommodation, transfers, dining, experiences, everything in one convenient package. And we also have our peace of mind guarantee. So you can book your holiday worry-free. If things change, then we'll help you move your holiday. Why is Queensland such a great destination for Kiwis? Why isn't it? 
<laughs> it's close. It's only a few hours away by by air. Um, it's sunny. It's warm all year round, and so it's a really perfect escape for New Zealanders, particularly in winter. Um, and now with uh, no testing either way, you can come in and out as you please, which is actually really awesome. Um, and Queensland, famous for beaches, um, we've got rainforests, the hinterland, we've got cities, um, dining, shopping, entertainment, you name it, we've got it. As the Queensland experts, what do you love most? about Brisbane? I I love Brisbane. It's Bris Vegas. (laughs) Everything's got a little name. So, um, you know, it's our, um, the capital city of Queensland. It's it's cosmopolitan. There's lots of things to see and do. It's a hop, skip and a jump to the Gold Coast, to the hinterland, to Morton Island, to the beaches in the island. So, you've actually got so much and it's a really good base to go and explore those things. Um, Howard Smith Wharves, uh, East Street, North Shore, some of Australia's best art galleries and museums and there's plenty on offer for the active traveller as a, you know, if you want to get really adventurous and climb the the Story Bridge, go for it. Um, Mount Kuda is very close as well and um, just about an hour from the scenic rim, so lots of mountain ranges, world heritage, listed rainforests, ancient landforms. Um, you can hike, hot air balloon, kayak, wine taste, fishing, tambourine mountain, all sorts. So um, there's there's everything just within you know a really short driving distance to Brisbane. Now, have you got, and of course you will have, a special Brisbane package deal that you would like to share with our listeners, Carly? Oh, we always do. Now, we've got a few, but one really good one we have at the moment is with our wonderful partners, Sofitel Brisbane Central. Um, so we have a couple of options. There's a land only for four nights um, from six nine nine per person, and that's in a luxury king room with breakfast daily and a late checkout because we always love a late checkout. Um, but over eight hundred dollars in bonus value as well. So you do get a room upgrade as part of your package, um, but you also get a choice of what you would like to do while you're visiting Brisbane. Whether it's to venture out to Adventure Morden Island with an island day pass and experience the island and all it has to offer, um, or you could do a couple of cruises along the beautiful Brisbane River. So we've got a brewery cruise option or a cocktail cruise with that one. That sounds amazing, Carly. What do you love most about the deal? Uh, I think because you know, again, it just includes everything. So you've got your accommodation, your breakfast, you don't need to worry about that. Um, like I said, like check out who doesn't like that and all those extras. Um, and, you know, you're able to explore some of the, the beautiful things that Brisbane has within reach. So um, Tangaluma shipwrecks at um, Morton Island, you can kayak, you can paddleboard, you can snorkel um, and there's lots of land activities there as well, including beach sports, mini golf, um, basketball, tennis, like just everything. Um, it's also really centrally located in Brisbane CBD. So got easy access to all the attractions it's close to public transport and you know it's a luxury hotel you've got the beautiful french inspired sofitel you can't go wrong now big question can kiwis add flights to this deal Absolutely. We do have an all-inclusive flight package as well. So for those four nights and um, with flights and uh, return airport transfers as well, it's from $14.99 per person. And that does include 23 kilos of checked luggage on the way there and the way back. Okay. So how can Kiwis book this incredible offer? Well, you just need to contact our holiday experts on 1-800-422-004 or you can visit our website at www.myqueensland.com. Thanks, Carly. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. That website again, myqueensland.co.nz. Well, that is it for now. Be sure to like our Facebook page and our show notes are available on the website. 
kiwitripsters.co.nz. And we would be most grateful if you would be so kind as to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. Our feature articles on roaming the best of Brisbane and Moreton Bay are available on fortheloveoftravel.nz. That is fortheloveoftravel.nz and we will catch you again in a couple of weeks when we take another winter romp through the Gold Coast. Thanks for listening. Take care. Telly ho. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.